Cat, the show that connects you to the faces, voices, and stories of Cap Fam. How you doing, Mary Claire? Did you like this episode? It was really interesting to hear about the resources offered again, because sometimes you forget after, you know, your first weekend where they give you a lot of information and then some of it sticks, some of it doesn't. It was really helpful to hear the opportunities because life has happened in the past five semesters that I'm here. And now I know how to handle it a little bit better. There's a lot of information that we get into with our guests, uh, Dr. Speakman and Dr. Kathy McDaniels Wilson. So they talk. A lot about the resources available to current students and potential incoming students. Um, we talk about uh, health, relationships, uh, diet, exercise. We get into a lot. Only scratch the surface because they're they're pretty deep subjects, but uh, it's really really great. Hi again. I am one of your co-hosts, John Honaker, on CapChat. Huge surprise. I'm the other co-host, Mary Claire Kunkel. We introduce ourselves a lot, but we want to allow you to introduce yourselves. I'm Dr. Kathy McDaniels-Wilson, clinical psychologist, also a graduate of Capital, um, and I'm the director of the Center for Health and Wellness. I'm Dr. Jennifer Speakman, assistant provost and Title IX and ADA coordinator, also a graduate of Capital. Man, it's all cat fam in here. It's getting really nice. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so today we are talking about um, health and relationships, and that is such a big topic, but we're going to try to, you know, get into it and get some really good information to people that are really curious about that, especially uh, first years, incoming students, prospective students. Um, health is different uh, when you come to college than it is in high school. Relationships are different when you come to college. Uh, versus relationships in high school. Um, So let's get into it. Uh, Let's talk about exercise. What does that look like and what do people need to really consider when they're coming into college? I can start with that. One thing that I do want to promote, the Center for Health and Wellness has a walking group that starts um, Monday mornings at 9 o'clock. And um, you have an opportunity to walk with one of our counselors as well as one of our nurse practitioners. Oh, wow. Um, and so they walk around campus. Um, and it's an it, informal group. You know, the, the goal is to just exercise, start your day off right. But you also have an opportunity to, to talk with uh, those professionals as well. So for us, uh, we really try to focus on treating when, when students come to us for medical services or for mental health services, we're, we're really focusing on the entire individual. So we're treating all aspects of that person, the spiritual self, the psychological self, the, the, the yeah, so right. all the dimensions. And so exercise is something that we talk a lot about. And so we work hard to, to help students incorporate daily, if not daily, weekly exercise into their normal activities. Because what we know is like a 15-minute brisk walk every day, your brain secretes the same neurotransmitters as an antidepressant. And so what a wonderful way to get your brain activated and moving um, each day. It's good. It's good just in general. Yeah. Uh, You will not be able to achieve that 15-minute walk to just going to class. You can't justify it with just going to class. We're a small campus. So you have to be intentional. I'm going to say you have to dedicate a 15 minute walk. Don't just be like, oh, I'll do that by going to class. No, we're a pretty small campus and you won't get that full 15 minutes. Exactly. We want to encourage a little bit more than that. A little bit more. (laughs) Yes. Come on, everyone. Yes. 
And from an academic perspective, we try to embed the holistic wellness in different areas in which we're supporting students. So for instance, from a student success perspective, we have an office dedicated to supporting the entire student. We know that there are many different facets to a student and different variables that could impact a student's educational experience, Okay, such as, you know, financial wellness, academic. We have a lot of students now that are managing sometimes full-time employment, part-time employment, and also trying to be a full-time student. Which is a lot. It's a lot of responsibilities. And so it's more from an academic perspective in which it could supplement services through the Center for Health and Wellness or other areas that a student's involved in to make sure that we're keeping those issues at the forefront. We're helping support a student. We're establishing a plan. And sometimes that plan is very specific, breaking down a student's schedule and building in times for wellness. Because when we get busy and we're stretched thin, wellness is sometimes put on the back burner. But that is one of the first things to go is exercise when mm-hmm. your life gets hectic, when your mm-hmm. schedule gets full. Uh, Mary Claire, do you have anything to say about exercise when it comes to the college life? I think it's really, really easy to overschedule yourself. You think I have a free hour here. Oh, I could take a class here. Yes, I can meet you then because matching up schedules is really hard and you often schedule away that time. And I am completely guilty of it. Like I (laughs) scheduled away my lunchtime today and I was like, oh, I need to eat. So (laughs) I'm curious if you have any tips or if there's any programs in place um, that students can go for resources with that because it's not only like personally very hard to do for an individual, it's also kind of a cultural thing of people competing to see who's the busiest of how many credit hours you're taking, how many things oh, yeah. you're involved in. That's interesting. And anyway, we can kind of like tell ourselves a different message to kind of go against the grain of that culture. Well, it reminds me, you know, we will see students who, who are, at the point where they're really struggling because they're they're taking on a, a, a lot of tasks. They're involved in a lot of organizations. They have a lot of social activities going on. And so they will come in to see us when they're feeling really, really overwhelmed. And so as Dr. Speakman said, you know, a big part of what we try to do is um, look at their schedules, help them focus on time management, um, help them to create better balance in their schedules. And sometimes it is a matter of having a healthy conversation of what are your priorities? What are the most important things that you should be focusing on at this point? Because at some point, your body's going to tell you something different. You may have all these amazing, wonderful ideas and things that you want to do, but what we will see mm-hmm. is that your sleep is becoming disruptive. Right. Or maybe your appetite isn't what it should be. Like you said, you're missing meals and then fatigue sets in and then we see irritability And so we really try to listen to the student, get a sense of what is currently going on and really help them rethink their priorities and adjust their schedules differently and try to embed some of these other things that are a little healthier so that there is good balance so that when you are doing these things, you can really be your best self. So what are some resources as uh, as we're talking about this? Mm -hmm. We've only dived a little bit into exercise, but, you know, there's like healthy eating. There's all these different things. What are some resources as uh, students, uh, current, no matter what year, or potential incoming students, what are these resources that they have at Capital University that's unique to Capital, so that they can take on, you know, each individual journey, you know, because they're going to experience this. 
Well, I'll, I'll speak uh, to the Center for Health and Wellness first. So um, I'd like for all of our students to be made aware that the, the Center for Health and Wellness, we have uh, four or five uh, mental health counselors available to provide mental health counselings to all of our students. And right now there's no fee for this service. So you don't have to worry about having a copay. You don't have to worry about having insurance to come in and talk to one of our counselors. And so sometimes just um, having that relationship with someone that you can trust and the process is extremely, it's confidential. You know, we don't um, sit and talk with someone and say, oh my goodness, you know, I'm going to call and tell your mom all about this or call your roommate. You know, it's totally confidential. <laughs> That's the real fear. Do not tell my mom yes. about this, please. <laughs> yes, it's it's. Uh, there's no conversation had. You know, if if we share any information, we have to have written permission to do so. So mm -hmm. it's a it's a very private and, and safe and confidential process. And so you can come in for individual counseling. We also have. Um, group counseling. So if an individual is struggling, say, with depression or with uh, test anxiety, they can sit with other people that are going through the same thing. And oh. that can um, be extremely helpful, just sharing the same concerns that you have and, and peers learn to support each other. Um, and that, it normalizes what they're going through, which is really nice. That sounds very interesting because uh, someone who has experienced counseling, you know, uh, that's usually the, um, you know, attractive aspect of it is that it's one on one with you mm -hmm. and a counselor. Mm -hmm. The group counseling, I like the idea of it in terms of, oh, wow, you're creating a peer group. You're creating mm -hmm. a community by them. You know, you are struck, you know as a group are struggling with this issue. Okay. So what are the results of this? I, it's, it's very popular, you know, especially our, our depression support group, because everyone in it is, is really going through the same thing. And as I started to say, it really normalizes what people are experiencing. And I think that creates comfort. And then for students to provide support to one another is also um, extremely beneficial and helpful. Well, yeah, the biggest thing that you want to, you know, war against in all this is isolation, right. uh, which us as human <laughs> beings and socially, Mary Claire, you were yeah. talking about it. You hear about somebody else's class load and, and schedule and you say, I'm only taking that. You've already started to isolate yourself because you're like, I'm not like that. We just interviewed someone in a previous episode, three different majors and a, and a minor. Like, it was just, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And actually, Mary Claire, you're one of those students that it's like, wow, you you're involved in a lot. <laughs> and um, we have this habit as human beings to isolate ourselves mm -hmm. and say, well, I'm different. I struggle with this. And so that group uh, counseling is very interesting. I think mm -hmm. that that's a really cool aspect. And, and I, and I want to say that uh, for incoming students, that um, mm. what we know today in terms of students who are attending college is that one in four have a pre-existing mental health condition. No way. It's true. And so um, wow. we really want to wow. to normalize and to welcome students who have this history. Um, there's uh, still a lot of stigma and shame associated with it, but we really work hard to to normalize it. You're not alone. There are other people just like you who are having very similar experiences. But again, it's a very private process. You know, we're not like sticking labels on anyone's forehead, but I just want people to know that you're not alone and that you can come in and get support um, because there are other people just like you with the same struggles. So it creates, um, again, a sense of safety and um, 
I think it it also helps um, to bring people out of the room so that they're not feeling isolated from from the community. Well, and to Dr. Kathy's point, the, the literature demonstrates that embedding peers into treatment is effective. And then even from a university perspective in the programs that we are offering, mm-hmm. we're having peers lead those programs. So um, just within the past year, we've established a certified peer educator training program where we work with students, we put them through standardized training so that they can develop the skills to be a leader on campus and help assist in deploying some of our preventative efforts on campus. So specifically, we worked with our peer educators last year. And for the first time ever with the new incoming class Mm -hmm. over Welcome Weekend, we launched our bystander intervention training Um, So it was an hour and a half training that we did with all incoming students just to raise awareness, how to look out for one another. You know, Capital, this goes back to the CAP fam, truly is a place in which we care about each other. We look out for one another and we learn from one another. And so I think that this program just brings that to the forefront and it allows students to understand, okay, if I see something how do I respond to it? A lot of times we default to thinking there's, it has to be direct or confrontational. And there's a number of indirect ways that we can help support others. And so this just raises that awareness, helps students develop those skills as they're entering college, and it's led by their peers. We're still trying to normalize what uh, mental health is and awareness and mm-hmm. dealing with it. And with that demand, now you're increasing the resources. Well, and to bring it back to services at Capital, we have a lot of professional level staff members on board that are here to support students that might be experiencing, whether it's mental health symptoms, right. uh, chronic health condition, or otherwise, uh, just to meet with them and develop some supports that we can put into place. So student success, that's an area that supports all students and they offer success coaching, which is where they meet with students one-on-one to work on time management, organization, kind of the holistic wellness that we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. And then we have services within the Office of Disability Services that's targeted towards students that are um, maybe have a diagnosed condition in which we know there are some symptoms that could manifest within the educational environment and have an impact on their learning within the classroom, maybe in a test environment. And in some of these things, as you might imagine, could impact them within a housing setting, within the dining room, so dietary restrictions. Right. Um, So our Office of Disability Services is designed to work with students. It's a very interactive process. Everything's determined on a case-by-case, case-by-case basis. Okay. So we work with students individually to really identify what's the nature of the condition, what's the severity, How is it impacting the student and how do we mitigate that impact by developing some support services or accommodations? Hmm. And so a student, when they transition to the university um, in in K through 12, a lot of times students are used to the school coming to them and offering the services and following up with regular evaluations. Okay, yeah. But when students transition to higher education, it is their responsibility to disclose the need for accommodations due to a disability to the university. 
once we know that there is a need, we then work with the student to identify exactly what accommodations will assist as they're pursuing their studies. So, you know, again, everything's on an individualized basis, but some examples might be students with um, ADHD, learning disorders, depression, anxiety, sometimes chronic health issues that we know could have an impact educationally. And then we work with them, develop accommodations. Sometimes it's specifically in the classroom, whether it be note-taking assistance or something different. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes students just need to sit, have priority seating so they can sit near an exit if they if we know there's a history of panic attacks and they would need to exit quickly. Right. Um, other times it's testing accommodations, extended time for tests and, or a distraction reduced space. So once we develop those accommodations, any information, I, I want to mention this before I go further, any information about the student's health related needs is provided to disability services. And we treat that as confidential. So right. of course. if there's a need to share information with faculty or other staff on campus, we don't disclose the reason why students are registered. We focus on what are the accommodations and how do we implement those within different aspects of university life. And I want to say something too. Um, We work collaboratively (laughs) together. And so oftentimes students will come who have an existing 504 IEP. And then oftentimes students will transition to college. And because there's less structure and greater demands, they begin to struggle. And so um, at some point they will realize, geez, um, I really studied for that exam. I'm so surprised I ended up with a C minus or a D. Or they can't quite figure out why their performance is not what it had been previously in high school. And so coming in and talking with us, we can help sort that out. Is this the result of some undiagnosed condition? Mm -hmm. Is this the result of depression or anxiety? Is it just test anxiety and nervousness? But our goal is to help the student figure out what might be happening. So I want to encourage students, once they experience a difference perhaps in their performance and they can't quite figure out what might be happening, to please come in and talk to someone because Mm we, our goal is to help sort this out. Right. And then what we will typically do is then refer to the Office of Mm -hmm. Disability Services if warranted. Sometimes there are things that we can work through with the student. Yeah, you don't know what it is until... uh, You come in and talk about it. Yeah, I am unfortunately Mm -hmm. of the demographic that's like, it'll get better. It's Mm -hmm. totally fine. Uh, And it usually doesn't. Like (laughs) your health and your mental state, like that is something that you need to, if there is a problem, if there's something that is suffering or if there is a decrease in something, you need to go Mm -hmm. and and seek help. Mm -hmm. And these resources are provided to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, So get a hold of somebody. Another thing in coming to college is your relationships will change, but whether that is a romantic relationship or just simply friendships mm-hmm. and communicating with others and <clears throat> all of those areas. Are there resources in that of like learning, not necessarily learning how to communicate, but when problems arise to go to or just various wise words on the matter? I think it's really situation specific. Mm-hmm. So one of the Probably biggest challenges is a lot of times when we're coming to college, we are coming from an environment where we're fortunate enough to have our own space. We have our own room at home. Right. right? And now we've got to, we have to navigate a roommate relationship and maybe we've never shared a space with somebody in our life. So I would say that that's probably 
a really important topic to discuss is how to navigate those roommate relationships. Yeah. Um, of course, within residential life, we have a process to assist, um, you know, a mediation process where we can respond to conflicts that might arise within a communal setting. Um, but starting even earlier than that, residential life tries to pair students with similar lifestyles and, and habits. And so we will ask students coming to the university to fill out a questionnaire and to disclose, you know, are you neat? Are you messy? Do you stay up late? Do you go to bed early? And, you know, sometimes we're inclined to give the socially acceptable response. Right. Um, but really having students be pretty candid on that questionnaire because we're not judging those responses. Right. It doesn't matter to us if a student's messy or stays up late. It What's most important is if you're paired with somebody who has similar habits. Yeah. So... I'd say as far as relationships and a really big transition, I say that that's particularly relevant to an incoming class. Yeah. And, and of course, we have offices that are dedicated. We have RAs that resident assistants that are well-trained and well-equipped to respond to conflicts that might arise. And, you know, most of them are conflicts that are easy easily addressed and remedied with some sort of roommate agreement. You know, I will respect your space. I won't wear your clothes without asking. And, will you know, leave your hot pockets alone. Exactly. I mean, goodness <laughs> gracious. And so the, there are a lot of resources on campus to assist with that. Of course, I want to talk about the Center for Health and Wellness. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I see this as a time for growth and change. And so I feel like a lot of students are... Once they arrive, they, they they are coming into themselves. And so a lot of students begin to question their identities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we are a space that mm-hmm. is culturally sensitive and works to provide culturally relevant care. So if you're coming in and you're questioning sexual identity, uh, gender identity, I think it uh, can be a very challenging time. Um uh, for people just figuring out who they are first. Right. And I talked previously about um, students who coming out of high school have been very popular. Um, they might have been a star athlete, um, top of their academic class, just very popular. And then they come here and then there's so many students who are just like them. And so one of the things that we find frequently is that students have a hard time finding a group to be part of. They feel that they can't quite fit in here. They don't fit in there. And so oftentimes they feel isolated. And so we really work hard to help students um um, become comfortable who the, with whom they are in their skin and to um, start navigating relationships that are going to be healthy. Because those relationships are different. Uh, Mary Claire, I don't know if you can see a difference. I know that I had a difference between my high school friendships mm-hmm. and then my college friendships. And even I'll even say your friendships after college mm-hmm. are super different. Uh, you know, you have your high school friendships, which you were all put together in classes and schools. Uh, in college, there's the roommate relationship, mm-hmm. which we talked about. There's classmates. And then, you know, you're able to join all these different organizations mm-hmm. with, like, r- interests that you want to join. So there's friendships from them uh, or, like, leaving your residence hall door open and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, discovering people on your residence hall, you know. Um, and then, you know, friendships become a little bit, uh, more complex after college where you're like, oh, I met you at work or, um, you know, any other situation. So do you, I mean, you've 
experience yeah, the difference. Yeah, I think especially in the realm of college, just the sheer amount of time that you're spending with these people, mm-hmm. especially if you live on campus, mm-hmm. they become like a pseudo family or they become your family. Right. And um, I'm a junior, so I have a kitchen now. And every Thursday I would cook a meal for my friends and we like called it family dinner because these are friends in my major who I spend a lot of time with. And so it is family now. Um, Can I be in your family and join for Thursday night (laughs) dinner? Yeah, we haven't found a time this uh, semester (laughs) yet, but maybe (laughs) if you're free. That's great. I think also one thing to note about relationships, whether it's friendships or romantic relationships, they are a time commitment. They're a wonderful time commitment. And it's like necessary to have interactions with others that is healthy. Um, But also knowing that having a relationship with yourself is really important and allowing yourself time Mm -hmm. to just simply be so you're not completely drained it's yep. really important if, mm-hmm. oh, no, I have to do this and do this and do this now. But just <clears throat> your friends and healthy friendships and healthy relationships, mm-hmm. people will understand when you need to take time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, that speaks to me. Because that was me in college uh, is because there are so many things available, mm-hmm. friend groups, classes, organizations you could be a part of, and just the entire college life, uh, I could bounce from one thing to the next uh nonstop mm-hmm. and it wasn't actually until later in life that I realized like it's very important to take time for yourself and it is okay to be by yourself mm-hmm. gasp with my own thoughts <laughs> yeah. wait a minute yeah. ah, and that's not something that I actually got to experience in college and these uh new students are actually more aware of that importance which I think is huge mm-hmm. it speaks volumes to how far we've come right. in terms of knowing we need to be more comfortable with ourselves. We need to spend that time developing our, this, this time is like one of the biggest pivotal times to get to know yourself and who you are. And to take that time is, is monumental. And sometimes it's like little pockets of time. I know I always have my headphones in when I'm walking from like point A to point B. And it's not because I don't want to talk to people. I love talking to people. But it's just like that short little five minute walk where I'm just listening to a song that I like that helps like calm me down and be like, okay, I'm Mary Claire. I'm existing before I need to walk into this new space and do what I need to do. I have a little bit of time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the last thing that I would like to to share is that we have something at the Center for Health and Wellness, and it's called Let's Talk. And it's if you're struggling with an issue or a concern, but you don't want to make an appointment, you don't want to fill out the paperwork, but you're curious about what you're feeling, you can come in during certain hours and you can just talk to a counselor about what that issue or that concern is. And then we'll help navigate whether it, you know, maybe you do need to to sign up to meet with an individual counselor, or maybe you need to go to disability services, or maybe you need to, to meet with our nurse, but it's called let's talk and you don't have to have an appointment and you don't have to worry about filling out paperwork or anything like that. And you're not committing to working with anyone. You're just coming in to get information. The requirement is you do have to talk. You do have to talk. That is the requirement. Yes. It's yes. in the title. Yes. So come prepared. Yes. I think in closing, the only thing I would want to contribute um, that we haven't already talked about would be, you know, capital really is a place in which 
we look out for one another. We support one another. So I've had the yeah. experience as a student, which everyone in this room has had that experience, I think. Um, and then also working here as a staff member. And, you know, when I came back, a lot of my colleagues were my former instructors. Oh, wow. um, so that that was pretty neat to just kind of navigate those relationships in a different way. Um, and strengthen them in the professional relationships that we had developed while I was a student. But, you know, Capital really is a place where you will have that support. We are looking out for one another. And it's, you really feel the the cap fam, you know, the thing that we talk about that right. I don't think makes sense to other people when they've not experienced it. But just having that perspective, both as a student and as a staff member, it is a unique place. Uh, well, thank you so much for spending time with us. Really appreciate your wisdom and information and uh, look forward to, you know, more students hearing about this and, and coming to see you. Great. Great. Thank you.